This episode of the Flush Podcast is brought to you by Walton's, Nutrisource Pet Foods, Aluma Trailers, and by Onyx Hunt. My guest today is Scott Franzen, co-host of the Flush Television Show. He's here to announce Hank Hunt number three. This is an annual hunt we've opened up to you, our listeners and viewers of our TV show, The Flush, to join us in the field and be a part of an episode of The Flush. It's also a chance to celebrate your favorite bird dogs. Where and when are we hosting the Hank Hunt this year? Ooh, you're about to find out. Cool. Crushed it, Travis. Whoa. Nailed it. One take wonder. (laughs) Yeah. You should be on... TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about that after this. <laughs> or a podcast. All right, ready? A healthy dog is a happy dog, and a dog's optimal health ultimately starts with an optimal diet. That's why I trust Nutrisource Performance Dog Food to keep Daisy healthy and running to her full potential. Nutrisource now has a full circle feeding plan that can help your dog achieve their full potential too. The full circle feeding plan revolves around their entire lineup of Nutrisource dog foods that contain their good for life system. The Nutrisource good for life system is packed with probiotics, prebiotics, and proprietary minerals that work together to support your dog's heart health and gut health. By combining this system and all of their dry foods and wet foods, you can rotate carbs and proteins like chicken, beef, fish, and lamb to meet and exceed your dog's needs and accelerate their natural desire to eat. Plus, their toppers like kombucha add even more health benefits for our dogs. Learn more about Nutrisource dog foods and the benefits of their full-circle feeding plans at NutrisourcePetFoods.com. Welcome to another episode of the Flush Podcast. I'm Travis Frank. I am your host. Brandon Morton is your producer. Brandon, how are you on this fine morning, sir? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself, Travis? I'm doing pretty good. good. I was just telling you before we turned the mic on that my coffee is hitting me a little different this morning. I got the shakes. I don't know why. It's just going to be a high-energy, fast-talking <laughs> show today. I I'm all over the place <laughs> right now. Kind of like the dogs in the room here. We have Millie wearing her cute bandana scott over there not wearing a bandana but next to daisy was passed out by the daisy zoinked out over here (laughs) scott friends and welcome back to the flush podcast how are you i'm good trav thanks for having me well you know welcome me into your lair (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the lair we need to do something with this lair by the way to make it feel like we're in a hunting camp we should maybe we'll do something in the studio build a little podcast set or something, huh? What would it look I'm like? For it. What do you? A lot of pictures of? of me and Millie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, and your high school sports <laughs> glory. Yes, <Yeah>, right. <laughs> and my short shorts. Yeah. <laughs> you got to bring them out of your camp. But I, camp. I'd have hair, and no one would recognize me, Brandon. Exactly. <laughs> and boy, did he have a beautiful head of hair back in the day. My goodness. I would bring in some of my trophy birds, but they wouldn't fit in the studio, you know. Or your deer heads. <laughs> yes, that's true. It's true. Um, you just came off of an island in in Canada. How was your fishing trip? It was really good. Yeah, th- this is. Uh, I'll I'll bore you just for a couple quick seconds. Twenty ninth year with college and extended friends of going to um, this place on a lake called Lac Sewell. 
It actually is not an island. It's part of the mainland. But um, you boat in about 40 miles, and um, we just love it. And you catch tons of walleyes. We eat tons of walleyes, and we get big ones. We get small ones, and we laugh at each other. So that's kind of what a trip should be about, That's right? what it should be about, yeah. absolutely. It's so important to have those kind of things. The week before you went up there, I was in the Boundary Waters doing the exact same thing. 20 years, same group of buddies from high school. We've been on, we try to get the same island campsite every year. There's just something special about it. And it's, it's just a time to just fellowship, just be together. Right. And it's a healthy thing to get away from the craziness of, of work, about life, and, uh, you know, get good perspective for just a few days and laugh. And laugh. And laugh. And, and eat. You know, we, yeah. we, you create, cook great food and we have a couple guys that have gone on the trip about uh, five to eight years now consecutively that didn't grow up fishing but they they've learned to love the fishing but i think love the camaraderie more and that's why they do it and one of them this is my friend jeff has turned into a really good jig fisherman and he'll catch a lot of fish you know it'd be like you know six hours in the boat says, okay i'm ready to go in anytime now i've caught enough yeah, <laughs> I can go with only two or three hours more and then we can go in. But I, that part is kind of special to me is seeing those that haven't grown up fishing. It's kind of the same thing with hunting that want to be a part of this trip because of what it represents, not just the fishing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's that whole thing about creating memories. I don't care how you do it when you're Fishing outside. camp, hunting camp. They're, yep. the, they're the same thing. It's it just could be activity. camping, though. It could yeah. be a camping, annual camping trip where you hike or something like that, or you're exploring. But you create memories with your friends. You do it with your families. And it's um, it's not rocket science when they go, hey, can I do that again? That was kind of fun. Let's, let's do that again, Mom, Dad. Hey, can I come on the fishing trip again? We had to add in golf too on this one now too but come that's okay on. you went golfing we golfed on the way up yeah oh on the way up i was gonna yeah. say you not on the island no we didn't bring <laughs> the clubs out there <laughs> so this is getting a little off track but why not it's our show we can do what we want right? <laughs> it's your lair welcome <laughs> <laughs> my lair so there's a balance that we're trying to figure out i'm tr- i'm struggling with it a little bit because like i said it's so important to have these these little breaks in life to get away and and be with the buds and your close friends but i'm at a point and a handful of the dads on our trip we're, we're at a point with our kids where some of them are now old enough to come with and we want them to experience the same things it's we feel it's you know it's time but it's also our duty to let them go through some of the same struggles that we went through to get there and so now it's like do we try to keep the guys' trip, or have, do we break it up and do uh, just like three dads and you know like four kids or something like that instead of nine dads? Do do all the dads have kids that would like to go? Pretty much, but in the Boundary Waters, you can only a campsite. You can reserve a site up to nine people at a site. Okay, and then of course there's you know boats or, or canoes or whatever it is that you want to use, you have to figure out how you're going to um, accommodate, accommodate everybody. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there's been a lot of different discussions. And one thing, you know, sitting around a campfire, staring at the stars and realizing, you know, we've learned a lot over the years and we've all taken on roles in camp. 
But you have to get to this island. It's not like you drive your truck, you launch a boat, and you pull up to the dock and there's a cabin. You have to portage across islands, through lakes, uh, more islands, and then you get there. And so the conversation has come up like, do we take an easier route because we're bringing kids out? And I've been firm to say, hell no. I don't want an easier route, and I don't want my kids to have an easier route. I want them to know what it's like to have to work hard to get somewhere. And so that was a that was kind of almost got a little bit heated at, at the campfire one night because there's a couple of guys that said the same thing. They're like, I want I want my kids to experience a little bit of the pain that comes with something so grand. So then you appreciate it more. Well, I agree. But I, ha- I have an opinion, yeah. is um, I think we as adults sometimes might rush our children into something that we love, whether it's something in the outdoors, fishing, hunting, camping, a sport, or things like that, before they have that really love and desire to do it. So my two cents is, is there a balancing option there so that you're not taking a young kid, making them experience some of the hardships, and maybe the win isn't as big a win for them, and they go, mm, don't like it. I don't need to go next time. Sure. Versus, you know, I always tried with my girls fishing-wise to make sure that, you know, we're on fish. And then back off on understanding that you don't always catch fish every time you go out, or it's not as easy as it seems, um, so that they wanted more. So is there... Maybe that's the balance. You start yeah. with something that's has some work related to it, but it's not the full Monty, if you know what I mean. Sure. I think it. what I've really come down to is you, you have to look at your kid, and you got to say, is this particular child ready for this kind of mm-hmm. an adventure? And some of them are. Okay. And some of them might not be. So I would look at my kids and say, Weston is chomping at the bit for this kind of adventure. I see it in him. He's in the backyard. He's he's constructing things. He's trying to learn in the outdoors, in the woods, and he's he's ready, totally ready for it. Cash is I don't think he's quite ready for something like this. So I wouldn't put him through it. Okay. But I think it's really analyzing and saying, you know, I'm not bringing the whole family up right, right now right. for this type of adventure. We're going to do other things this summer, but for a real you know, off, off the uh, the beaten path type of experience. Um, there's a lot of value to that, I think, and I'm glad that I was given the chance to experience that. I find it hard to give my kids these opportunities that I had growing up. We grew up with a lot of land that was not ours, but the landowner was okay letting young me and our neighborhood kids go out in the woods, in the meadows, in the fields, and be in nature. And I learned how to trap. I learned how to put my own deer stands up, where to put them, and just be engulfed in the wildlife and the landscape. And I learned to appreciate it. I don't have that ability to let my kids just, yep, see you at lunch, be back by lunch, you know, because we just... Aren't, aren't in a position to be out in the country right now based on where we live. There's limitations on how far they can go. And I wish I could give them that. 
I wish I could give more of the opportunities to learn on your own and experience some of those things because I think there's a lot of value to that. I agree. No, I agree. And I think, and I think you're right. Choose um, or, or let the – whatever – don't just assume all the children can do it. If yeah. you're Like you're saying. Agreed, agreed. Because yeah. if you um, – you know, the – son or daughter that you think can handle this you let them experience it first and assuming they enjoy it as much as you think they will when they come home and talk about it mm -hmm. you know in your case weston talking about it the cash then when cash is ready he's gonna just really be chomping at the bit like weston was to go yeah yeah i, I hope so and i i think it's good for them to experience in in the, the case of your trip the camping part that we have to gather our firewood we cook all our own food we pitch tents um, do you guys navigate with uh, paper maps or use? That was a conversation that came up. No, we don't. We 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 could we could portage and pitch black. We've done it so many times. We know exactly where we're going. But bringing maps for the kids but, to use. Yes, yes, exactly. We saw some Boy Scout groups go paddling past, and we watched from our island. You could tell that it was a scout group, or it looked like something like that, because it was it was like three canoes with kids. I would say fifteen ish. And then there was a canoe behind them with a couple of adults in it. And the adults just basically sat back. And the three canoes huddled up. And the kids were looking at the paper map. maps. Yeah. And they were trying to figure out where to go. And you could tell that the adults were there to make sure that they didn't get in trouble. But they weren't offering their, no, we got to go over that way. It's around that island. And they let the kids determine the path. And I thought that was really cool. Well, that's how we used to navigate on, on Lac Sewell when we first started going. How many there times paper did you get lost then? Just once on the way out. <laughs> and it was only because um, we were running. You, you can navigate on a paper map by island, but you, sometimes you have to slow down and go, okay, yeah, I'm here. And you give a visual and you go, okay, now I know where I'm going. Well, we were running out 40 miles at 6 in the morning, and I, was, I had a certain amount of gas to get back because I didn't want to trailer my boat with a bunch of gas. And one of my buddies is in the front. I said, I can get us a quarter of the way through just visually. I know where I'm going. There's another quarter that I need, or I should say a third. And then another third where I need you to navigate with the map. And then when we get to two-thirds of the way, again, I can navigate visually. There's a middle part that is big lake, a lot of islands. And it's like, yep, no problem. So I get through the first third. And I go, okay, Steve, you guys where we're going? He goes, yep, and he points. And so I start following him, and we're going you know, 30 miles an hour, 35, and all of a sudden he points again, and I go that way, and then he's standing up in the boat kind of looking, <laughs> and he's looking at his map, and I slow down and go, do you know where we are? And he goes, well, I think so. And I go, okay, where are we? Point to me on the map. He goes, well, I think this island is that one right there, and right there I know we're lost. We're lost. <laughs> and, and there's no cabins on this lake or anything to navigate from, so if you don't know where you are, you're screwed. So we, and I'm getting lower and lower on gas. Long story short is we found a boat 20 minutes later and said, hey, can you show us where we are on the map? We were miles off course. Love it. Miles Love off it. course. And so then I made my other friend who didn't have his contacts in, I said, Bill, put your contacts in because I want you to navigate. I don't trust Steve anymore. <laughs> and we were able to go a back way to the landing and figure it out. But 
Oh, I was on fumes, and I we were so lost, so I lost. Love it. But see, I bet that's part of a yearly story. Yeah, we have our regular every time yeah, we go out, Steve it goes right. It you. was right don't, here don't where we got lost. Steve lead the way. <laughs> yeah, it was so bad. <laughs> and now, but now on your locators, you've got your you got yeah. your map. You just follow a trail. So it's so spoiled. easy. It's so we're easy. So spoiled yeah. today. Yes. All right. Well, let's get back on track here. Um, we're glad to have you back. I'm glad Steve didn't... Um, Steve didn't get me lost. Didn't get time. you lost. It's good to have you back in the office. We've got a lot to cover today. Uh, specifically, Hank Hunt, number three. We're making the big announcement today. Before we do that, we've got other things happening right now. This is the first week of our new season of The Flush television show, airing on the Outdoor Channel. And... From now until the end of December, this season is going to run. So if you have needed an upland bird hunting fix, we've got it. It's happening now. It's happening right now. Yep. And it's probably airing, actually, as we speak. Let me look here at our air times for the season. All right. Mondays at 9.30 a.m., Wednesdays at 12.30 p.m., Fridays at 3.30 p.m., Saturday mornings at 8.30 a.m., and Sunday mornings at 6.30 a.m. These are all Eastern time slots, of course. You can most likely DVR if you do have the Outdoor Channel. I think you'll be able to save an episode, watch it whenever you want. And I mentioned this last week. I'll mention it again. For those that do not have the Outdoor Channel, I'm sorry. You have to wait until the entire season finishes airing. Then we will stream the episodes on our YouTube channel. If you want to make sure that you do not miss any of the episodes, you can subscribe to our Flush YouTube channel, and you'll be updated when we post the entire episodes one at a time. Until then, we hope you're enjoying the Flush television show on the Outdoor Channel. We've got quite a lineup this year. Scott, I know you and I are a little bit biased because we're, you know... The ones producing this, <laughs> but we think it's all right. It's a good lineup. Yeah. You're the one producing it. The rest of us do what you tell us to do. That's not entirely true. I've told you to do many things, and you don't listen very well. But well, in, most and, of those but are you dumb, tell me though. to do things, and I don't listen to you either. So maybe, that, that might come out in one of the episodes <laughs> this year. Maybe that's what makes us an okay team. Um, we start the season this week in North Dakota. Bill Shirk opened up the hunting season, his hunting season, in the Badlands, a place that I've fallen deeply in love with out there. I just love it. Um, the landscape, if you've never hunted in the Badlands, I think it should go on your list. I get asked from listeners and viewers pretty regularly, like, where's a great place to go on an adventure? And the Badlands of North Dakota are on my list because it's just this, like, rugged, amazing country. I don't think people expect to see country like that in North Dakota because you drive to it and it's pretty flat yeah you know and sloughs and crops that's kind of all you see right mm -hmm. and then the last what 40 miles of north dakota is like oh, oh my gosh this is stunning. unbelievable it's it like a mini stunning. grand canyon yep. kind of it, it's a great way to explain it yeah exactly and a lot of public land a yes. lot of public land you know a few years ago i camped out there and we hunted and oh man i mean i remember waking up in the middle of the night to walk outside to use the restroom and uh they had restrooms there? no no <laughs> uh, it would be a bush yeah and <clears throat> so it was pitch dark and i think it was a new moon and i'm i'm standing there and i'm like i feel like something is watching me you ever get that feeling oh yeah and i turn around just as this owl 
launches off of the ice castle oh. that we were camping in. And, and I was like, oh, my heart just skipped a beat, you know, like it was right there. And then in the morning you wake up and sun is creeping up and there's, um, there were cows roaming around, but there were also uh, antelope. antelope and mule deer. And it, you know, it was just like, this is, this is so cool. Whether you pitch a tent or bring a camper like we did, um, such a great way to experience a bird, a bird hunt. And we, we literally didn't get in the vehicle to go hunt. We just started hunting. That's know? so cool and when you can do that. We cooked right there. Um, that is not one of the episodes this year, but you can go back and watch it. It's, well, Bill's is, though. Bill's is this year. Yeah. Yep. He did uh, his own Badlands hunt, and it was opening day. And so they faced some adversity, and they, they came up with some of their own um, ideas mm-hmm. on the fly, which is what most hunters do. Um, heat, we'll just say, played a big part of that early season hunt, and that's uh, pretty common in early September. So, and I wa- I watched the show last night, and it is one of the most visually stunning shows that we've done. It's spectacular. Yeah, some of the aerial shots are un- unbelievable. So yeah. it's a beautiful it place. Yeah, it it's is a beautiful, beautiful place. place. It's hard yeah. to make that place look ugly. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You know, another place that's hard to make look ugly. Where? Alaska. Alaska. It's not possible. And that's that's really, you know, I've talked about it on the show many times, that you just, you can't, you can't fully grasp Alaska by photos or video. It just does not do it justice. You don't get the full, you know, view of what's around you by, you know, like when you put your hands together and you make a rectangle and put them out full, like that's what you see in a camera. So the fact that, you know, you're standing in this massive place, and that's really what I take away from Alaska, and that's episode two and three, the Alaska ptarmigan hunt. Which is wonderful. Oh, my goodness. It was such an experience, <clears throat> and it's, I, I'm surprised at how, um, how I thought it was just, like, undoable, you know? Like, it was too far-fetched for me to go to Alaska someday, and I know I did it for for the show here, but I think it's something that I'll do on my own again. It's not that um, expensive to get a flight up to Alaska comparatively to other, you know, destinations that people fly to all the time. Um, More public land up there than probably anywhere else in the country. Was it kind of weird to know that you weren't the biggest thing out there hunting? (laughs) (laughs) Well, pretty common for me. No, (laughs) you know what I mean, though. To to think that, oh, you know, we just got to watch out for Mr. Grizzly Bear. Yeah, bear spray on your belt on the outside and shot, or not shotguns, uh, handguns in the holster on your chest. Because, I mean, it's, you don't mess around with the grizzly bear. You do not mess around with bears. And you are in bear country. We did not run into bears up close. We did see them while hiking in. And they were off, you know, far distances. And we saw them from a plane that we took. Um, So, but it was just like, I will forever, forever remember that experience. It's a bucket list. It's a bucket list for sure. Yeah. A lot of challenges. You talked about the challenges earlier here in the show. That was full of them. And that made it special to overcome them. Um, I really think that it's one of those hunts that will forever stand out, and I hope people enjoy watching that. Um, after that, Bill takes us back uh, into the grouse woods, 
And he hunts in a place that I've wanted to hunt for a very long time, Maine, the north woods of Maine. And he, again, camped up in the woods with a group of hunters up there. That's a yearly tradition. So I've not seen that entire episode I haven't yet. either. I'm really excited to yeah. watch that one. And Bill uh, loves the grouse hunt. Loves the grouse yeah. hunt. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, my dog, Daisy, has really, really turned it on in the grouse woods. I think she excels there more than any other place that I've huh. seen her hunt. And so naturally i've just fallen in love that was the first bird i ever first upland bird i ever shot was a rough grouse and i've always held a special place in my heart for the north woods to hunt not maine obviously minnesota but i've always loved grouse hunting <clears throat> and you know if if i were to pick one or the other if i said you know it's on a fall day which one am i going to go hunt if i could hunt either I would probably end up choosing grouse, oh, rough grouse. Interesting. Yeah, I just love hunting the birds. Well, they're the best table fare, they I think. They are, yep. And woodcock have become really good table fare on my list, really high up on my list. I just, I love that, the taste of that bird as well. And I just, like, there is <clears throat> there is something about being in the woods, the smells of the, yeah, the woods. Smell. when The, the colors. Fall and the, the colors, yep. The challenge... <clears throat> to hit that damn grouse through the air, you know, and they're just zooming. And it just, when I get one, every one of them I hold it, I'm like, yes! I did it, I did yes! it! <laughs> because how many get away, you know, that, oh, dang it, we were yeah. close. Oh, no, where'd it go? And you don't even see them. You don't, yeah, you yeah. hear a lot of times, and then you get one and you're like, yes! You know, and I've had, the last couple of years have been phenomenal grouse hunting. So maybe that's why I'm all jacked up on grouse right now, but... Supposed it's to be a good year this really year, I think, good. too. And yeah. the weather? Yes. I talked to Bob St. Pierre about this the other day. Bird uh, nesting conditions all over the Midwest have been excellent. Yeah, knock, knock, on, knock on wood. That's not wood. That's uh, Oh, here. Yeah, there you go. There we go. <laughs> yes. Um, so we're really, really hopeful for this coming hunting season. But we go and hunt. Grouse in Maine. We hunt sharp-tailed grouse in Montana. Wait, wait, wait. So that's yeah, five shows in four states, isn't it? Ah, uh, no, not that many. You're not yeah. counting right yet. Yes, North no. Dakota, Maine, Alaska, Montana. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, four states, five, five shows. shows. Yeah. yeah, we also math was not your strong. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> sure. Um, we also hunted rough grouse in. The North Woods of Wisconsin too, and wow. that's a cool story. I'm really excited about it. We hunted with Dave Simonet from Trampled by Turtles, but there's also there's so much more to that episode be beyond Dave's story and how he's bringing so many non-hunters into the hunting world, conservation side of things. But the hunting camp that we stayed at and the people in that camp and everything that they're doing, it's just it's just like I uh, I love it. I just absolutely love it. Uh, then. You and I hunted together along with our, you, you called it the dream the team. The dream team, <laughs> yes. What do you call it? It's not the, it's, it's a or, motley crew. Or is it sure. a nightmare? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, uh, that will be a fun show. Pete's, Pete just started editing it now, and um, the four of us have a lot of fun together. Yeah, we and and we, we have, that's, I think, half the fun. We, we see a ton of birds. Uh, and then actually get some down the road. <laughs> there's there's some challenges in that one too. Absolutely. Uh, but that was that's a fun show. Yep. Uh, then we 
we head to Iowa, and I think I hunted some of the birdiest fields in Iowa last year. I really think we saw some of the best um, just pheasant properties that Iowa had to offer. And that was part of Pheasants Forever's oh. um, auction hunt yep. that we did yep. with them, the fundraiser that we uh, partnered with Pheasants Forever again. And uh, a gentleman from Texas uh, placed the highest bid, and he brought his son, and we went from one place to the next to the next, and winter had set in early, and we just hit it prime. I mean, it was perfect. It was, yeah, exactly. I I go back and I'm watching it, and it just gets the juices flowing. It's <laughs> like, how many birds that we saw, and just oh, it was so good. And then after that, uh oh, uh oh. Then there's what are you doing, Brandon? <laughs> I swear, nothing. <laughs> Quit kicking the dog. Was that my dog? <laughs> yeah, I think it was yours. Uh, she's a little dramatic like her dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then the Hank hunt number two, Scott. Oh, that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it, we had a lot of <clears throat> weather, either opportunities or issues last year, I guess you could call it. And that particular hunt, we had uh, eight hunters from five different states, but... Um, Leading the week prior to the Hank hunt, it, it like ice stormed out there mm -hmm. and snow. So when that show airs, as we're walking these fields, and it changed how we could hunt, which was a little, it, we still had a wonderful time. And thank God we went to an outfitter um, like uh, Hillsview Hunts because they have a variety of different cover you can hunt. But we lost all the grasses to hunt because of the ice. Laid over flat. They, yeah. What's that? It laid over flat. It laid over flat, yeah. And and anything, we tried hunting some sharp tails in the grass, and they could hear us coming for, you know, a mile away, and, and they're just wild flushing. But he, um, Kevin, had a lot of different food plots and whatnot that we could hunt. And But you'll hear the ice tinkling in the show as we walk <laughs> through it. It sounds like wind chimes. Yeah. That's how, how bad it was. But we had a wonderful time and um, really met some great people, A, great hunters be and and um had that common bond that we'll talk about later of, yeah. of our hunting dogs the onyx hunt app is one of the most valuable hunting tools that i take into the field every day and now that app is available in our vehicles yep onyx did it they launched apple carplay that means when you plug your phone into your vehicle you now have the option to open up the onyx app right on the dash of your hunting rig no more holding your phone while driving which is obviously dangerous and you get all of the same layers on your vehicle dash that you get on your phone you can see the aerial view of your location while driving down the road, just like you'd see if you're using your own maps, apps, Waze, or Google Maps. Except now you can find out if the properties around you are open to the public, the landowner's name that owns the land. And if you're in North Dakota, you can see if that land is posted without even touching your phone. To use this feature, simply make sure your Onyx app is up to date. And if you're not an iPhone user, don't worry. Onyx is currently working on the same platform for Android phones too. Apple CarPlay, the latest incredible feature from Onyx Hunt. Always know where you stand and now where you drive with Onyx Hunt. If you're an outdoor lover on the go, then odds are good that you have toys and equipment that you want to haul. Aluma Trailers, well, they've got you covered. Their trailers are built by a hardworking team in Bancroft, Iowa. They have models for nearly any and every hauling need, from ATV and UTV trailers to utility, snowmobile, motorcycle, car trailers, and even fully enclosed trailers like mine. 
Trust me when I say that Aluma trailers tow like a dream. Their trailers are constructed out of lightweight, strong, corrosion-resistant aluminum, and they are 100% maintenance-free. Plus, they come with an industry-best five-year warranty. Visit alumaklm.com to find a trailer that fits your needs. Now is a great time to make the most of all that tasty meat you harvested. Maybe it's time to try a new recipe, sprinkle on a new seasoning, or make your own jerky and sausage. Trust me, it's not that hard to do, and it can be fun for the whole family. It doesn't matter what you harvested or what you want to prepare with it. Walton's has you covered. Walton's has everything but the meat. That's their motto. Waltons.com has everything, and I mean everything you need to process and prepare your meat. Plus, they have an online community called Meatgistics that's full of recipes and meat processing information. The sky's the limit, my friends. You don't have to be a pro to cook like one. Head to Waltons.com today and enjoy meat processing season. Thankfully, it's a season that never ends. Well, let's do it now. We've we've hemmed and hawed long okay. enough here. We let's do, do it. have other let's episodes. Go, we hunted we hunted quail in Arizona. We hunted uh, birds in North Dakota late season, a really late season pheasant hunt. Late, 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 late. The final, final, final. In South season, Dakota. South Dakota in snow and Kansas. And, yes. And then a Kansas quail camp that I think will really touch your heart. I, I think this is the most we have traveled for any one season of the flesh. I might be wrong, but we that's that's about ten states, I think, Trav. Ah, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven ish, eight, something like that. North Dakota a couple times, because why? South not? Dakota a couple times. Yeah. Iowa, Iowa, Minnesota, yeah. Wisconsin, Maine, Alaska, Kansas, Arizona, Montana. Montana. Yeah. <coughs> so we get lot. around a bit. That's a lot. We get around. Yeah, we get around. I was gonna do uh, a few other things with you, but let's just skip all that and get right into. Let's do it. The Hank Hunt, because uh, people that know about the Hank Hunt know that if you're not first to sign up. You're, you you're might, be, you last. might be last, <laughs> and you don't want to be last because we have six spots, and the hunt begins. They open right now. Right, as right soon now. as this podcast drops, <laughs> right. is it opens. Spot? The last two years we've done this, we made the announcement on the podcast, and by the end of the day, it was sold out. Correct, because it's a limited deal. Scott, what is the Hank Hunt? Well, the Hank Hunt, in in. Most people listening to this probably know, but I'll review it. The Hank Hunt um, is a celebration of hunting dogs, um, whether they're past dogs that you want to celebrate, current dogs you want to celebrate, and the gathering of like-minded hunters um, at a spot to do the celebration. Um, it's named after uh, my late dog, Hank, Millie's dad, who passed in it's two years ago now, 2021. And um, it, it was just a concept we kind of came up with on the podcast on a way to celebrate him and other dogs and, and gather people together. Um, and we've done two of them now, um, one at uh, Brown's Lodge and Hunting Ranch in South Dakota, and the sec- last year's was at Hillsview Hunts, both wonderful hunts, people um, on the hunt, and lodge operators. It was really cool. And it's it's. It's grown. It's worked. We, this yeah. is something that we did not know it would have this type of um, legs, if you will, or attraction. You seemed hesitant. I told you right away. Like, I, I don't, well, it's, it's a, a, a tribute to, I think, 
our fellow hunters and wanting to get together to um, to do this and then and and hang with us, which is really quite rewarding. Um, I, yeah, I get to hang with you all the time. And boy, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well, this time last year, Ron was on the trip. Yeah, and it, it was so much fun having Ron. And this year, we have another special guest. Well. You've twisted my arm. You've tackled me. You held me down, face in. Oh my God! You know, and I finally said, "I'll do it." So Travis Frank and Scott Franson. Yeah, and, we're going to do it together. We're hosting this together. And and for those of you listening, why we do this is not only having a couple of us on the trip, um, but I I produced and wrote the first one. I'll kind of produce this one parts of it um, as I did with Ron. But then in in last year's hunt, Ron wrote that. This is Ron's voice telling uh, a story a, from Ron's perspective. Correct. And yeah. this will be a story from your perspective. Are we sure about that? Yeah. Well, I'll help you. Oh, okay. Well, either <laughs> so way. We, should we tell people where it is? I think that's what we're here to do, Scott. Go for it. Okay. So here are the important details for everybody. First, we are leaving the Midwest. We're going to be going to Mississippi, and we're going to be going to Prairie Wildlife in... West Point, Mississippi. And the background story on prairie wildlife is really, really cool. Um, I think many people may know, but maybe not, that uh, wild quail have struggled in the South. And um, when, you know, 20 years ago, 40 years ago, there was cubbies of wild quail all over. And um, as populations grew and in people paid less attention to them, those wild cubbies, you know, tend to disappear, and they have. And at Prairie Wildlife, um, the owner... Mr. Jimmy Bryan? Mr. Jimmy Bryan, yes. He took it upon himself uh, to start trying to bring wild quail back to his land. And he has got a really unique operation that's hunt club. He's got a, a cattle ranch going on there. And they combine uh, conservation tactics with the ongoing operation, uh, prescribed burnings and things like that, and have started building up this wild quail population again. Yeah. So we will be quail hunting. We'll be hunting both pen-raised quail and wild quail. Um, but this story was one that we both thought we couldn't pass up in a lodge that yeah. is unlike anything... Um, most people have seen a very well, southern yeah. in hospitality. Southern hospitality, it's fine. It's, I'll add, last year, 2022-2023, Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever named Mr. Jimmy Bryan Farmer of the Year. So, I mean, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. they're recognizing the efforts that he's done on his land to bring wildlife, wild quail back to this area. Um, so we want to celebrate that. We'll be able to see it firsthand. People that join us are going to be able to see what this man has done to his property. And it's not just him. It's people involved. You know, when he makes a decision, sure, he might own the land, but he's making a decision to bring it back. It, that includes so many other... Other critters, too. Yes, and people and critters, yeah. Exactly. And the effort that it takes. But when you see it come back, um, I'm excited to go down there. And, and the, the website is prairiewildlife.com. Once you click on that, you're going to open up uh, the, the page, or not click on it, I clicked on it. Once you yeah. type it in, 
you'll see that this is a very high-end lodge. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. We're all going to be hanging out together there. I think I might have to bring a fishing pole, Scott. Yeah, a fishing pole. And, and maybe if we plan it right, we could bring <clears throat> some camo and do a little duck hunting. You think so? Well, you never know. Well, there's. Never it know. looks like there's a, a pond right there. There is. On the property. And I, yeah. They have a really cool game too that we'll probably play. But let me let me back okay. up. Yeah, go ahead. So here here are the the dates. We will arrive on February 6, 2024. That's our arrival date for those that want to try and go on the hunt. Say that again. Arrive on February 6, 2024. Did I say 2028? I think I did. <laughs> 2021 is going to be four years, five years from now. <laughs> Let's confirm one more time. February 6th of 24. Okay. So it's it's yes, this going to be this hunting season, yes. but it's going to happen in 2024. In yep. We depart on the 9th of February, 24. Okay, so um, it's three nights and two days of hunting. We'll have dinner the first night when we get there, happy hour dinner, that type of thing. The next day we'll hunt, and um, and then the next day we hunt and we depart on the 9th after breakfast. All the meals are included in this from what it looks like and sounds like on the website and in talking to the folks at uh, Prairie Wildlife. I think we'll be very happy with the food. Yeah. And we know how important food is to you and me, Travis. I eat nonstop. Uh-huh. And, um, and then we'll have two hunts a day for quail. Um, we'll play some uh, games. There's a Halise shooting game they have there, which sounds really fun and entertaining. And Is it like a sporting clay type of thing? That is, no, it's it's like... The clays almost have propellers on them, it looks like. Huh. And so they fly all different ways. And and I'm sure you'll have ample opportunities to give me grief. <laughs> um, the oh Each hunter um, will also receive a dog life membership yeah. for their dog from Pheasants Forever. Um, we will have some flush tchotchkes, et cetera, um, there like we always do. Um, and uh, where did tchotchkes come from? I don't always know. say tchotchkes. Somebody I'm made like, that up, that? and I, I thought it's tchotchkes? just various gifts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and one of the things that's become a tradition, and I can just tell people now, is those that uh, come on the hunt, I, I ask for a picture of their dog, and I have the dog that they want in their uh, either to remember or their dog life membership can be both, mm -hmm. and we we blow up pictures of those dogs, and Frame and up. we put them up on the wall during the hunt, so we have uh, reminders of who we're there for and, and what we're doing. and They take those home. And, and then they take those yeah. home, yeah. Um, the price point on this hunt is $4,500 for three nights, two days. Um, that includes everything except your travel there and your hunting license, license, your hunting license, yep. yep. And... Um, what you want to do if you would like to come on the hunt with us is contact Jenny Smith. She is the lodge manager, and you can reach her at 662-295-8184. That is her cell number. Or you can call the lodge directly at 662-295-5858 and just ask to speak with Jenny. Um, she'll take the reservations. Um, by phone, she'll probably ask for 50% down to hold your spot if you're going to come on this because of the demand we have. 
and um, and then she'll walk you through everything else that you need to do. So again, Jenny Smith, Lodge Manager, Prairie Wildlife. Cell number is 662-295-8184, or the lodge number is 662-295-5858. Did you I, can also go to prairiewildlife.com. You can, but I think you're still going to want to call. you got to talk to her. Yeah, you got to talk to her. A separate, and, and if you call the lodge, just say, we want to be on the Hank. We want to be on the Hank. Yeah. We want to book you, a spot I, I would on the say Hank. If you want to do it, you have to do it now. Yes. Based on what we've seen the last two years. If you're listening, not that I want you to leave and, and hang up, <laughs> hit pause and go make the call. And go make the call because we found out last year that it sold out right away when this podcast dropped, the podcast that yep. we did to announce it last year. And then people were mad because they didn't get in. Yep. And I said, I'm sorry. It's first come, first serve. You got emails. I got emails. The show got emails. We got. How do I do next year? Yeah, so now you know. Did. Here it now is. Now you know. Yes, exactly. And there's only six spots. Six spots. Six so, spots. And and the feedback we've gotten is smaller is better. Yep. So that's why we're we're keeping it at six spots. And um and then the other part about this that we even want to talk about, this will be one of our episodes of the season we're filming for this upcoming flush season. Yeah. So you're gonna be on the show with us. This will be an episode we are filming for Correct. the coming season. Just to reiterate that, you'll be a part of the adventure that we go on, the experience, and the money, just to let people know, pays for the lodging and the meals and then the, the hunt. The hunt. But it also, the whatever, um, it's also going to conservation. conservation. So the rest of it goes to Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, you're going to leave with a dog life membership as part of it. And the money goes to Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever and part of their Build a Wildlife Habitat campaign. Correct. So we love that we can partner with PF and QF on this. And um, I think we should say to Scott that if you're not one of the six and you want to go on, Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever will be auctioning off the last spot. Correct. The last spot. Yeah. And that's, they're, they're doing that. It's part of their online auction, I believe. Yeah. And I think that's coming up mid-July. I believe so. Something like that. Yeah. So there would be a chance if you're listening to this podcast on, let's say, Friday of this week, and it's already full because you didn't get to it on Thursday. Uh, we want you to come hunt with us. I wish we could have more people, but I think the experience, because it's a little bit more intimate, will be more enjoyable, maybe. So... You know, grab a, a hunting buddy or your daughter or your wife or your son or whatever it might be and and come join us down there. It's going to be kind of, it's not quite spring break, but it's kind of going to be. Like it's going to be wild because yeah. we've never done anything like this. At least I haven't. I don't think you've done a hunt like this at a, in a kind of a southern style uh, quail no, hunt. I, not that way. I mean, I've, I've quail hunted down south, but not like this. I mean, like my quail hunt has been Arizona. Yes, that, southwest. Yep, southwest, uh, Oklahoma, Kansas, that kind of stuff. This is a little bit further down there, which I'm really excited about. Um, Daisy, and, Daisy will be there. Millie will be there. Yep, yep. It's a so, great opportunity for guys with pointing dogs, but if don't be shy if you have a flusher either. Yeah, how do you feel about bringing? I'm excited. She's good. I mean, yeah. Millie hunts close, and yeah. she's uh, pointed pheasants. So we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm, I think it's gonna be fun. Oh, for sure, absolutely. So, uh, just one last time, Prairie Wildlife is the name of the lodge that we're staying at. 
2022-2023 Farmer of the Year, bringing wild quail back onto the landscape down there. We're going to celebrate that. We're going to celebrate our dogs and hopefully have one heck of a good hunt down there in Mississippi. Well, if you're along, a Travis, it'll be you a heck of a hunt. You keep saying that. You keep saying that. I appreciate it. Well, if you're along, it'll be a great hunt, Scott. <laughs> well, I, we are, they already know that. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> then you have to keep telling them that I'm fun to hunt with. <laughs> Is that what's going on here? Um, so I, I just love hunting quail because I have a pointing dog, and I love watching her go out and then just go, and I love that for the most part, Quail aren't going to take off running a half mile like a rooster, Yep. you know? And when they explode, oh, my goodness, it's just a rush. Every time, it's the same rush. It doesn't get a little bit – you don't get numb to it over time, you know? And when they go up and you just, like, you know, and they're, they go in every direction, it's just one of those things where it's like, if you've never quail hunted, maybe this is an opportunity for you to say, I want to try something different. I want to do that and see it um, because it is truly remarkable. It is so much fun. And I'm always surprised, even though I know there's quail there and get up, I'm always surprised when they do that and they go in different ways. It's, yeah. I miss so much. It's so, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah. I miss anyways, but that's even harder. It's like, oh, which one do I get? I never, I'm never able to pick them out that fast. I, um, I always appreciate guys like you or Tyler Webster that can – you know, kind of get on a bird right away and... and, and you well, know. you have to pick one, and I wouldn't say I'm great at it. I have, I need a lot more experience yet, but that's the fun of it. Yes. I mean, well, it's, it, it's it fun really getting is. better at something, too. Yeah. yeah. And, I yeah, I, I think laughing is okay. <laughs> and that's there will be a lot of that. What have you learned about this hunt from the last couple of years, about your desire to host hunters like this? I mean, this is something that you have really taken up, and push to make this happen and it's grown because of your desire to do this scott why do you keep wanting to do these kind of things in these hunts well i guess a couple of reasons trav is um well i would say what i've learned is um geography might separate us but our love of hunting and hunting dogs is such a common bond and um the stories that happen around the dinner table or the happy hour or things like that are just really real and, and um, not unique to just your group of hunters or yourself as a hunter, uh, especially those. And everybody pretty much coming on this hunt is, has dogs, has had a dog, and has had the uh, pride of, of a good dog and what they mean and, and then the sadness of a loss. And the loss hasn't always been because of old age. You know, in Hank's case, it was cancer. One of our hunters last year, his one-year-old German shepherd um, was run over. And he told the story at dinner and with tears in his eyes. And, and I think those things help people heal too. And so I've, I've loved that part of it. And I love the, <clears throat> just the, Again, is when meeting people from different parts of the country, you really aren't that different when it comes to this type of thing. And then being able to raise some money for PF, that's always been important for us mm -hmm. here, and we've done it in a variety of different ways. Um, but to do it under the umbrella of, uh, say, Hank and this event, I'll call it, that we've created, um, that that's important to me too. I want to continue to find new ways to do that with our partnership with PF. I'm, I'm a big believer in the mission um, just because 
um, we need these places to walk mm. our dogs and to hunt. And, and if you don't support it, you should, because there's too many interests out there that would just soon take it away from us if they could. Um, so I guess those are the two biggest reasons to do it and to carry it on. And, I, you know, if this goes on for many years to come, I'll be really happy. If it ends after four or five years, I'll be okay with that too. But I hope it's something that can continue on uh, for a long, long time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, where do we take it from here? You um, had teased me with the idea of adding another puppy to your litter or mm -hmm. to your team, to your family. Has there been any update there <laughs> on if there's a, a pointing dog in your near future? Oh, uh, now, no, that's that's the third member of the team. <laughs> the Millie, I'm going to breed Millie at some point. And, How uh, close are you to Well, me? she's got to have her second heat cycle, and she has not had that yet. How old is she now? She's two. So she's due for it any time. And then once that's done, I'll start the process of making sure the her genetics are good. Mm -hmm. You know, x-raying her hips, checking her eyes. Um, there's a, uh, a thing you can, uh, you can do a swab and send it to a place, and they run a whole yep. genetic test. And assuming all of that checks out, then we'll breed is her. Is that paw print genetics? Is that the one? Or is there a different one? <sighs> I, I don't know if that's it or not. I think it's a different one that okay. I use for Hank. Um, okay. And uh, and then we'll we'll try and find a likely suitor. We'll take interviews. If you're, you know, hey, I have a pretty, I want a male yellow lab. So I want to see if she'll throw Let's yellows. Let's find a handsome. Yeah. Thing. I want to see if she could throw yellows and blacks. Okay. And then... I'll keep a male from that litter, and then then the pointing breed comes in. So how my far wife keeps saying no too, and I've 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 floated I floated. I'll talk to Jean for you. Don't worry, it's okay. <laughs> I, I said, it's Jean, okay. we don't have any grandbabies yet. So this, you know, what's three more? What's three dogs in the house? Yeah, when you deal? have to watch one, you might as there might as well be three. Right, right. We have a big truck; they can all fit in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, <laughs> so coming soon. Coming soon. Well, okay. hopefully Millie's litter would be in the next year. Uh, you know, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, then, then all bets are off. All right, all right. Well, um, have you decided on the breed of your next dog outside? No, of the I've narrowed it slightly. Um, so when I, I'll just jump in here. When I was uh, talking to people and made it known that I was, you know, ready to add a dog, I had a lot of opinions come my way mm -hmm. about which one I should get. Some people wanting one of their dogs to be uh, a regular hunter on the, the show, television yep. show. Um, Lynn, I'm going to say, if you have a dog that you think Scott Franzen should, should hunt behind... <laughs> then now is your chance to voice your opinion to him directly. That's right. Yep. You can Through send Travis. It. Yeah, Travis, you can send it to me. Travis at minnesotabound.com. <laughs> send it to there, and Travis oh, will filter. You, you sent the wrong email address. Perfect. <laughs> it's not my or email address. Minbound. <laughs> anyway, Ed Brandon, edit that out. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, we are in the planning process for our upcoming hunting season. There's a lot happening right now. It's not hunting season, but, but I, it in is. our world, there's a lot happening right now. We're shipping shows. We are editing shows, Fast and Furious. We are planning for the next season. And this is a call right now to say, if you have a great idea for next hunting season, this coming season, I have a few phone calls I got to make from people that have already submitted them. Um, but we want to hear them. 
we like hunting with you, our viewer, our listener, and basically take us on an adventure. Tell us your story. Tell us what we can experience and what we'll see. And that might in turn inspire myself or Scott or Bill or Ron to say, yeah, that, I want that to be one of my hunts for this season. We'll bring our camera crew along and we'll document it. And then, of course, we'll air the show on there. So you can go to theflush.tv. If you're on social media, just search The Flush TV. You'll find us. And then send us your idea. The more information you have, the better. When is the ideal time to do this? Because as our hunting season plays out, as everybody knows listening right now, it's a short season. It goes fast. So we get a lot of ideas for October, November. A lot. Mm -hmm. And there's only so many places we can be in October and November at the same time. So... Maybe you have a January idea. Maybe it's a December. Or September. Or September. Yep. Yeah. Um, we want to hear about them. Now's a great time so we can get them in uh, our list of ideas. And then we sit down in the same layer that we're calling it. Layer. Scott, this is the, the layer. layer Travis's here. layer. Yeah. And then we come up with our kind of game plan based on what we think would be a good variety. We don't want to have 17 shows in South Dakota. We want to showcase a lot of different places. So if we don't end up coming to hunt with you this year, we keep that. And perhaps next year is the year. So please send uh, all of your ideas. We, Scott, every idea is a good idea? Every idea is a good idea. There's even mine. Even yours, sort of. <laughs> I know. It depends if we're on the f in the field or not. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to add, Mr. Franzen? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't forget, we just launched our Flush oh, yeah. store, yep, that's our right. Flush merchandise store. So if you go to our website. Tell us about it. Well, we, we're, we're trying um, to see what the interest may be in some uh, of the stuff we're wearing on the show. So we've got three different hats, Flush hats, that we have on the website. Um, we have two different kinds of pullovers. One's blaze orange, one's black with blaze orange arms. Um, we have some sweatshirts and T-shirts and even a vest, and it's all with the Flush logo on it. So if you go to our website, there's a merchandise page. You can, you'll click through to our provider there, and uh, it's all online, shopping online. It gets shipped to you, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I think it should be noted that all the proceeds from anything sold then goes back to PF again. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So um, another way that we're trying to help put more habitat back on the ground. Yep. Conservation is what we are after here. And that's another way. So you're purchasing with a purpose if you do that. And when we see you out in the field, we will definitely high five when you're wearing that's it. That's right. <laughs> You'll be part of the team. Yeah. You're always it. part of the team, but yeah. now you're official member of the Ooh. team. All right. Well, I'm honored to be an official member of the team. We'll leave it at that. We hope to join six of you in Mississippi in February. Now is your time. Sign up before the spots are filled. And we'll be back next week with another episode of The Flush Podcast.